time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. To the left of me, he's a rock star in the retirement world. His name is synonymous with financial security. The soldier of fortune. Jess, turn the volume up to 11, Hamill. That's me. Good morning. And to my right. He's the poet laureate of the financial world, a king in the land of retirement, the people's champion, Jaden, the whole nine yards, Newman. Yo, good morning, gents. The whole nine yards. Good to be back with you guys. Welcome to the airwaves, gentlemen. How is your day going thus far? I know you're excited because you're here and you get to see me, right? Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> so the bright point of my Sunday morning, getting to come out and hang out with you guys. Yeah, for It sure. actually literally is. That's, that, that may sound kind of sad, but it it's, is. It's not, not riding your bike? Well, you know, riding my bike here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Still nice and early. It's not <laughs> blisteringly hot yet. Yeah, it is. The, the heat's cranking up yeah, out there it was for hot sure. last week for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not been very pleasant. But uh, it can't be too bad on a bike, right? I mean, you got the wind and wind in your hair. Yeah, nothing like hot wind and the sun beating down on your head. You know, I, 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 only, started wearing a, I only started wearing a helmet to keep the sun off my head, not to keep my head off the ground. Oh. <laughs> well, you could just wear a wig or something, right? Yeah, you know, or, or a helmet, either one. <laughs> a ball cap. <laughs> it blows off. Yeah. Oh, that's true. God, no, seriously. I, I, yeah. I started wearing a helmet just because my hairline went back far enough that, mm. that it was getting too uh, sunburned, so it keeps the sun off. Gotcha. Well... That's using your noggin, yeah, so to speak. There you go. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> if you haven't listened to the show before, or if you need a gentle reminder, we're Noble Capital Wealth Management, a financial advising and income planning firm focused on helping you achieve financial freedom through predictable lifetime income. Who who hasn't listened to the show before? How is that possible? I know, right? I thought everybody had listened. Or at least of the people listening now. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, the people listening now are probably likely to have heard it before. Yeah. Uh, but we are out there on the web as well, and we reach all around the globe. So it is likely that we do get new listeners from time to time, and I just don't want to leave those people out. Is that that internet thing? Yeah, the interwebs. Yeah. That's, do you think it's going to catch yeah. on? I, I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence about that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're trying to use it for marketing purposes and stuff. I I don't know if anybody looks at it, but actually, I, I guess know. I was thinking about getting one of the email things. Uh, yeah. No, what's wrong with with regular mail? Nothing. That's my yeah. point. Great. <laughs> and those of you who do listen, or if this is your first time listening. If you have any questions or you want to just reach out and talk to us, you can send me an email at radio at noblecapital.com, and we're actually going to compile all of the listener questions that we get uh, for you know a listener-dedicated episode where we're going to answer all your questions. So your words, your virtual words could be featured on an upcoming episode. So get yeah, in touch sure. with us. So 
Last week, the episode Join the Resistance was where we discussed rising up and joining the retirement revolution to take control of your financial freedom. Now, I have a pretty good capital contemplations this week, and I think I want Jess to read this one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Be th- Hang on, i got to switch glasses. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Be thankful we're not getting all the government we're paying for. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that a whole lot. Let, let me say that again. Be thankful that we're not getting all the government that we're paying for. Right. That's why I chose you. I, I thought that would ring a bell with you. And, uh, you know, again, we're not just government bashing, but we're, we are being a little bit realistic because you do want to keep your eyes open to protect your own interests. But for two retirement points, which American humorist said it? Was it Mark Twain? Was it George Carlin? Or was it Will Rogers? Carlin. Who do you think? I'm going to go with Will Rogers. Jaden, wow. you get two retirement points. Right, right on. Hello. It was Will Rogers. Thank you. Finally. That's my first one ever. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, I love all three of those guys. I, I think they're hilarious. There's a lot of great quotes from them out there, particularly on government, but on a lot of other things as well. Uh, so two retirement points will be allocated to Mr. Jaden Newman. Right on. So this week's ep- episode, I'm calling Income Distributed incrementally over time or idiot because you would have to be an idiot to not want predictable income right one would assume right i think everybody out there wants predictable income and that's what we're going to concentrate on this week we're going to concentrate on reliable predictable income because that's really one of the pillars of our income planning strategy And so I I thought it was something we would dedicate an episode to. We would kind of explain some of the concepts behind it and go uh, not into the weeds, but, you know, kind of unpack it a little bit and and talk about how it can be used and what are the different forms of predictable income. Uh, So real quick, I just wanted to hit on, on some news. I know last week we talked about the SECURE Act and how it makes some changes to IRAs or the regulations around IRAs, I did uh, sort of suss out one more piece of this pending potential legislation, and it would allow employers to add certain types of annuities as an offering to employee 401k plans. That's interesting. I'd be interested to see what types of annuities are one to add into that because that's going to get structurally uh, complicated potentially. Absolutely. But that could be a good thing. Yeah. And, and a, a little bit later on when we discuss annuities, maybe we can just briefly give an overview of some of the different types of annuities. You know, we don't, we don't have to really get into the grid of it, but we can definitely go through. And I thought that that was actually pretty poignant because, uh, well, annuities are a form of predictable income. Uh, so it, it had a little bit of bearing on this week's episode. One other thing that I saw is that uh, recently the IRS issued a notice. This is notice 2019-18 that basically says that going forward, it will allow pension plans to offer retirees who have already begun annuity payments – the choice to receive the value of the remaining annuity payments in a lump sum. 
Hmm. So again, another change to what we a form of income we would consider a predictable form of income. Yeah, right? that that one's pretty interesting because I'm I'm usually a little bit suspect of things that the government is is offering us as far as whether it's in my best interest or not, but I can see that actually benefiting quite a few people in the right situation big time. So what are some of the implications of that as far as as people being able to take a lump sum after they've already been receiving payments? So let's say that you've got a you know a stated uh, income stream going on out of your pension plan, you know four thousand a month or whatever it is, and then you come into some money. You have a, a windfall or a life changing event, and it can go the other direction too. You know, um, all of a sudden that's not in your best interest. Maybe having a lump sum, you know, you want to cash out and move to Burma and live in a hut, or for whatever reason. Um, that's the life. Yeah, right. For whatever reason, you need that lump sum more than you need the income payments. That's something that historically you've not been able to change. So it's more about flexibility and, and ability to have more control over your own destiny. Yeah. And so you said, just that you were a little bit skeptical of employers adding annuities to their 401k plans uh, because of the type of annuity that they potentially could be offering, correct? Right. I mean, I just I would be interested to see what types they would allow. Um, I would be surprised, and once again, I'm going purely off speculation here, but I would be surprised if they would let people put a fixed or a, an in, a fixed index annuity into a 401k plan that it just doesn't match up with the type of investment. So I would suspect it's probably a variable annuity, um, and all of the reasons that I don't particularly care for variable annuities would also apply wrapping it up under a 401k plan as well. Because it's market-based, a variable annuity. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit less, less predictable, right? Exactly. I mean, you can, you can have a 401k that is in the market, and then when you're done with that, if you want to buy an annuity, use it to buy an annuity. So why start off with an annuity in the first place in the market? It just it seems counterproductive, especially if we are going to add 3 or 4% in fees on top of it just for the annuity. Absolutely. The, that's the big one is the fees. You have to be aware of, of how much of your return they're, they're taking right back from you. You know, before you even make anything. Yeah. If you got three and a half percent in fees and you're up four percent, then you know, you're up half percent. If you're down two percent, you're down five and a half percent. That's right. Scary. Okay. Okay. Well, and we can dig into this a little bit more uh, after the break, but you know, there's a lot to learn about income planning and there's a lot you need to know in order to be prepared for retirement. So if you want to connect with us, you can attend an upcoming dinner and discussion event on Tuesday, July 9th at Fleming's. Just go to noblecapitalradio.com and you can RSVP right there on the page. We'll be back in just a second. Austin's Talk 1370. tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show, where this week we're talking about predictable income and what I'm calling income distributed incrementally over time. So in the last segment, we kind of talked about some pending legislation and some new regulations that relate to investment vehicles that where you can take basically income over time uh, as opposed to, you know, taking your pension as a lump sum, et cetera, et cetera. So before we get too deep into this, one of you guys want to just explain a little bit 
kind of what an annuity is, since this is sort of a form of regular income, just to give the listeners a little bit of background on what we're talking about. So an annuity can mean, well, an annuity is an annuity, but it can be used several ways. The, uh, the first of which is to simply make a premium payment and let it ride for five or 10 years and then come back and hopefully you've got more money than you started with. Um, the more certainty on that, the lower the return overall. So a variable annuity is going to give you more opportunity to have higher growth because it's in the market. It also has the m- more opportunity for loss, and the fees are pretty high. A fixed annuity is going to be a low interest rate, and it's guaranteed, so you know you're going to get two, you know, two and a quarter percent over the next ten years, and then you can index it, which gives the uh, the opportunity to do a little bit better than the fixed. So that's more of a set it and forget it, a long term uh, CD, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What we typically use annuities for here, at least for the first wave, is for generating income. So we can put money into an annuity. We can let it accumulate at a, at a fixed stated rate up front that's guaranteed, has nothing to do with the market, and then at a certain point in time it's accumulated to where it is. It's multiplied by an actuary number that's based on your age, and that generates a you know $1,000 a month or $3,000 a month or whatever it is, and it lasts for the rest of your life. So what I use an annuity for eight times out of ten is to take a fixed asset that if I spend it down, it eventually will run out and turn it into a lifetime income that I cannot outlive. So no matter how long I live, I've got the income coming in from it, even if I long exceed the cash value of the policy. Okay. Jaden, do you have any annuities? No, um, I don't. They, Too young. Yeah, they typically <laughs> are going to be for folks that are you know in the 50-year-old uh, age and, and up. Uh, okay, that's in, a good point. General. And you also can't even withdraw from an annuity until you're 59 and a half. It has the same rules as a, as a tax-deferred IRA. Mm-hmm. Or for that matter, any IRA. Um, so it's it's a retirement vehicle by definition. Sure. But you know this is this is interesting. The segment we're we're getting into predictable income. So naturally, we're talking about you know annuities and pensions and things that that generate that that predictable income that everybody's looking for. Sure. Um, what's amazing though is is just just to be real here with the listeners, most people don't have pensions uh, or annuities for that matter. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, this is uh, just in, you know, in the concepts are, are important to talk about. But I think the message that lies beneath this is for the listeners is you've got to start laying out your assets at some point and looking at where you're going to get that mailbox money and that predictable income from, because that's the name of the game in retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants a and- pension. Nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but very few people have pensions nowadays. But right. a pension back before the Enron days was just an annuity. That's all it was. The, the company purchased an annuity, and that was your pension. Then they got a little bit greedy and decided to, instead of getting a pension, try to manage it themselves and take the risk. And then we've all seen the downfall of that. But that's still a very popular option for a lot of the bigger companies. Yeah. Yeah. And one, you know, one of the big misconceptions, Jess, that, that I think we see is that the higher net worth clients that we work with, um, you know, you, there, there are some people that think, well, since I've accumulated, you know, all this money, say, you know, two million or four million or you know, five million plus dollars, um, I don't really need an annuity or a pension because you know I could just spend this money down, um, you know, and, and have plenty of money even left over as long as I have kind of a you know a conservative budget and s- something that provide some lifestyle, but, but annuities are for people that really don't know how to manage their money, um, or pensions, you know, that mailbox money, it, it would be nice, but you know, that's a thing of the past. So I'm just going to kind of go with, uh, just an investing and spend down plan for my retirement. So that's a misconception then you're oh, saying? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Couldn't be further than the truth. So first of all, <clears throat> it's amazing to me how many 
late 50s, 58, 59 year olds come in here with a million, million and a half, and mm. they're like, I'm a millionaire, I'm fine, it's all good. Sure. Um, and they want to retire now, so they've got 10 years less income, 10 years more spending without the income, and then if you just show them even just basic inflation out to even their life expectancy, 85, all of a sudden, you know, they're short. They got to die by 78 years old or they run out of money. And that's assuming they don't have any life-changing events that causes any additional income needs or any lump sum needs. So, you know, regardless of how large your um, portfolio is, and the larger portfolio folks tend to have a larger budget, um, once you put it out on paper and see exactly how that pans out, if you're keeping it exposed to market risk while you're spinning it down, and just hoping that you run out before it runs out, that's typically not the best plan, yeah, regardless, mm-hmm. regardless of the size of your portfolio. Now, if you come in here with $50 million and you're 65 living on 100 grand a year, yeah, you're gonna be fine. Um, but we can always make it better and always preserve as much as possible. And, and you know, the name of the game is safety, guarantee and safety. It is, and you know, it's interesting, Sean, is when we do these, our, our dinner, our retirement events, where we do mm-hmm. these presentations and we meet a lot of people that are looking to engage and, and potentially become clients, if you ask people what percentage of their retirement income they want coming in from predictable guaranteed or or lifetime guaranteed in income sources, they'll tell you every time, I want at least half of it, most of it, two thirds, three fourths, yeah, or as much as possible is what I usually hear. You know, so everybody wants that, but the the truth is 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 they don't have it. When you look at their plan, they're not right. holding any cards. And it's not that they did anything wrong, it's just the day and age that we live in. So that's one of the first things that we do is is we start to identify this predictable income for folks so that they can get that sense of security and um, that sense of confidence moving into retirement. And even the higher net worth uh, folks really appreciate that. It's it's really nice to know that no matter what happens, you're going to have that, that baseline guaranteed income coming in. And that gives you a sense of freedom in terms of how you invest the rest of your portfolio. Yeah. And and also just how you spend money and live your life. Yeah. And when it comes to the percentage of predictable income, I'm in the all of it camp. Like I, you know, I, I just, I want to know what I'm going to have and what that's going to look like all the way out for the rest of my life. So that's me. I don't know about you guys. I'm, well, I mean, I'm a play it safe kind of guy. That makes really. sense. But there's, there's also a misconception that comes along with that. It's, you know, it kind of goes back to, am I happy as an employee either a salary or an hourly rate, something that's, that I know what my paycheck's going to be all sure. the time, or do I want to go to the next level and have the ability to generate considerably more income, but I'm commission-based or performance-based? Mm-hmm. Um, and typically you think of people that, that don't want to take that risk as you know, not in the same category as the 3 and $4 million portfolios that come in, but it's really not about that at all. It's, uh, it's about just using common sense and, and being prudent with your money. Okay. So let me ask you this. You're talking about an annuity for regular income. Is there any type of annuity that you can get early on, let it grow, and say take as a lump sum, or is it only designed for income? No, absolutely. So it's actually designed as a lump sum instrument. We attach an income rider on it to produce the income uh, side of it. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, you can absolutely just use it as basically a long-term CD. Okay. And we we do that a lot after, you know, when when we plan out somebody's income plan, and we have all the different levels of income that are coming in. We can turn on new instruments to keep up with inflation. Once we've got the entire puzzle solved, what's left over a lot of time, we'll take some out of the market and put it into annuities for growth. We call it an accumulation annuity. Okay. No fee. Uh, a lot of times we can get 50% or more of the upside of the S&P. Mm. None of the downside. If it loses money in any given year, you just don't make any money that year. 
Um, and so it also becomes a, a, a market replacement, a, a management replacement. Yeah. So you you actually got one step ahead of me here because I was going to ask if anybody in the studio today had a favorite type of annuity, and it sounds like what you're describing is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it's a it's a good deal all the way around. It's almost one of those too good to be true things that a lot of people are skeptical of. Skeptical of and words, Jess, <laughs> learning to talk, and they're they're still in the mindset of you know 1980 annuities. Yeah. So once we explain to them how everything works, you know, people are like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, and that's like you said, people have a bad taste in their mouth because they have a, a a vision of of an annuity that is something you know back in the eighties, yeah. something that annuities are not necessarily yeah. nowadays. Exactly right. There's there's a lot of different options. Well, there's also a lot of different options when it comes to income planning in general, and and where you're going to get that income from, and different ways that you can invest. And if you folks out there listening want to learn a little bit more about it, and you can also learn a little bit more about our approach, just go to noblecapitalradio.com and you can RSVP for one of our dinner and discussion events. Come meet the guys from the show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. you're just joining us, we've been discussing some smart ways to receive your retirement income. And I'm kind of calling it income distributed incrementally over time, which the acronym doesn't necessarily denote uh, smart ways. But my thought is that you'd have to be an idiot not to want, well, what we call mailbox money. Right, and that's kind. Of, that's kind of our term for it around here. It's it's money you can expect, you know, on a regular basis. You know how much it's going to be typically, not always, maybe. But we talked a little bit about annuities in the last segment. But one thing I wanted to get into just a little bit because it per- pertains to that uh, recent IRS notice is pensions. And like you guys said, an annuity is kind of similar to the way a pension works. Right. And in the old days, pensions basically were just annuities. Right. Right. So what what sort of what would be the strategy around taking a pension as a lump sum as opposed to taking regular income out of a pension? It depends on your confidence level of whoever the institution is that's issuing the annuity, or I'm sorry, the pension. So I, I had a client, we talked about this on a previous uh, show that came in. I was kind of surprised he did it. He had a, a pension that was it was pretty rich, it was pretty nice, um, but he did not have the confidence in the company that he worked for um, that that was something he could count on for the rest of his life. So we ended up taking in a lump sum and then turned around and spent it on an annuity that gave him actually a little bit better income and in his mind a more uh, you know he was more secure with it. He, he felt more confident with it. Okay, so if. According to this IRS notice they issued, if people do say they they are taking income from their pension, if they do decide to take it in a lump sum, is that going to be good or bad for the owner of that pension? Well, I mean, that's you can't really answer that question as it's presented. I mean, it depends on what you do with it. So if you just took the lump sum and stuck it under the mattress and tried to spin it down, 
and lived a full life, it's probably not going to be the best thing. Are you saying that was a bad question? It was a bad question. I, I don't exactly. ask bad questions. No, that Jess. was a bad question. <laughs> we'll chalk that up to number one. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot you can do with it from there, though. And then there's the tax, sure. taxable implications that come along with that, making sure you do it properly. Yeah. Okay. So potentially, and, and obviously, it's going to be different for everybody. It's going to depend on what that annuity looks like. It's going to depend on their financial situation, their goals, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but obviously, there's some sort of tax implications there, right? There, there can be. So if you just take the lump and stick it in your checking account, then uh, there's definitely going to be tax implications. Okay. Yeah, and I mean – that, that wouldn't make sense to me at all because you don't want to just take any sort of income, uh, lump or not, and just stick it in your uh, savings account. Savings account. Yeah, I mean, right, it, I mean. And even if you decide to go invest it in some real estate or invest it in some other non-qualified investment, um, it depends on how much income you had that year and how much that lump sum payment is. So if you're already generating enough income that you're in the higher tax brackets and then you get a significant lump sum that comes out on top of that that's considered income – um, then you could easily give up 30, 33, 34% of that in taxes on day one. Whereas if you move that over to another qualified plan, then we're going qualified to qualify. There's no taxable event. And then we set that up so that it distributes out in a way that it keeps down the lower tax brackets. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask probably another bad question or maybe a, a slightly dumb question, but I, you know, how is taking payments or like say RMDs from an IRA, how is that different than an annuity? Okay. Well, you were right. That's a bad question. Thank you. Thank you. I try <laughs> my hardest. A hard time. In. So, you know, RMDs, RMDs don't affect nearly as many people as some people might think because mm-hmm. the whole purpose of an IRA is to have, you know, retirement money. So mm-hmm. most people are already drawing more out of their IRA out of need because they're using it to live on than what the RMDs are anyway. Mm -hmm. That really only impacts people that are already doing well enough from an income standpoint that they don't really need to get into that IRA, um, and the government makes them pull an RMD out anyway, required minimum distribution. So when we put that into an annuity, we're very careful about the way we structure that so that when we begin the annuity payments, the annuity payments are at least as much as the RMD, so we don't have an RMD issue right off the bat. Okay. So third bad question (laughs) is... uh, can, can you take a lump sum out of your IRA? Yeah, of course. I mean, your IRA, do, base, do your whatever IRA you want is with a lump it, basically. sum. Your IRA is an account. Okay. All right. So completely different thing. Right. But in doing so, it's a taxable event. So anything that comes out of your IRA is considered income. So, and that's where the strategy comes in, right, guys? Right. So if you're making two hundred grand a year and you come pull four hundred grand out of your IRA, you just made six hundred grand that year, and you're going to be in that tax bracket. Okay. So I want to bring Jaden into this because he has some very specific expertise about what we call mailbox money, right? And that's Noble Capital's private lending program. And in a way that basically there's there's different ways you can invest. I know that you can you can go for a, a growth strategy or you can go for an income strategy, right? But uh, can you, Jaden, kind of break down how the the private lending program works and, and how people can receive income off of that in the same way they would other forms of predictable income? Sure. The The private lending uh, program is unique. It's considered an alternative investment. And it's one thing that's very unique to us when you look at our competition. You look at other advisors out there that really don't even talk about real estate. 
Um, this is something we're very out front about and very forward with because we think real estate is a great asset class to diversify into in, in retirement. And specifically, lending on real estate as a private lender is, in our opinion, the most conservative way to invest into real estate and still get a very good return. So what we've put together and what we've done for the almost the last 18 years now is we've built a private lending platform where now at this point we are the largest residential private mortgage lender on um, residential investment properties all over the state of Texas. Right now we have almost $175 million loaned out in over 400 loans. And our investors that are participating in that program are making uh, in, in the 7 to 8% return range, which is very strong mm-hmm. uh, considering you're, you're in a first lien senior position um, as, as a mortgage holder on Texas residential real estate uh, at a very good uh, loan-to-value ratio. So there's a lot of details to get into that we, we won't you know, try to get into over the radio. We like to say we can't, can't cut, cut your hair, hair yeah, over, over, the the, over the radio or over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we certainly can um, help you generate predictable income through, through a great real estate alternative. And again, that's just one of the, the tools that we have in the toolbox Sure. We found that anything that has real estate and tax strategy, um, you know, c- combined especially, is is very attractive to the type of clients that we work with, um, the higher net worth clientele, because at some point, you know, after you fill up your your annuity bucket and you know you have enough guaranteed income coming in, and you've maybe you've put some life insurance in place. There's a whole conversation around setting up tax-free income with, you know, with life insurance contracts. That's a, another more advanced uh, strategy mm-hmm. that you don't hear a lot of advisors talking about. Yeah. Um, then you, you are going to start looking for other alternatives. There's always the stock market and there's a lot of things to venture into there. But the, the folks that we work with particularly like to talk real estate and that, that's something that, that we've decided to, to emphasize and make a strong point in our practice. So I like that you made that distinction because real estate obviously is quite different than something that is more market-based. Are are all annuities basically tied to the market? No, not at all. No. You know, a, a fixed annuity is the fixed rate stated up front. Okay. Well, and, the, and an index annuity is tied to the market, but it's it's not in the market. The performance of the annuity is based on the performance of an index and it's always got a floor of zero. So to some degree, the majority of annuities do have some connection to the market, but they're not necessarily market-based by any stretch of the imagination. And when we talk about using income riders, the income rider has nothing to do with the market whatsoever. Okay. So it's it's a lot more stable than some other financial vehicle that is tied directly yeah, to the so market. Yeah, so I mean, it's a guaranteed stated rate up front. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just, I'm learning so much. My brain is swelling right here. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned, Jaden, uh, briefly, you, you touched on life insurance. And uh, I was wondering if you guys would kind of talk about how life insurance could also be used as a form of predictable income. Because that, that's pretty interesting, because I think most people don't think of life insurance as income. They think of a death benefit, right? Sure. So when you say the word life insurance, most people's brain filter it, and, they, and what they hear is death benefit. Um, we can manipulate a life insurance contract and use it for something it wasn't really intended to be used for. Mm-hmm. Um, we take advantage of the fact that proceeds from a life insurance policy are tax-free. So what we basically do is we overfund a policy. We send more money to the insurance company than what they need to pay the premiums. 
the remainder of that is invested in one of several ways. Um, the policy grows very predictably, um, very safely. And then once we start taking distributions from it, we can do it as an income stream. We can tell the insurance company, send me, you know, $1,500 a month until I tell you to do something different. Or we can come along and grab 30 grand and go buy a ski boat, sell it for 25 when we realize how bad of a deal that was and put it back into the policy. I mean, it can go in and out and do anything you want, but you can use it as a, as a constant income stream. And the beauty of it is it's tax-free. How could it be bad to buy a ski boat, Jess? <laughs> you know. Would it be better if it was a Harley? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better you're, investment. You'll get rid right? of Harleys, yeah. Well, it's, uh, getting a Harley is, is definitely an investment in fun. Yeah, it's an investment in the bike, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. So then uh, talk to me about that a little bit. Do, do Harleys hold their value? They do. Um, they used to hold them a lot more for different reasons, and now there are so many of them out there. It's like anything else, supply and demand. Um, but it depends on how long you, you hold on to it. So, you know, for instance, a, a, a 76 Chevel that sold for – $3,500 brand new is probably worth $20,000 today. A uh, 10-year-old uh, twin cam that sold for twenty grand brand new is probably worth ten grand a day. It's interesting that you m- mentioned a, a 76 shovel. So obviously something that is a little bit older is going to be worth a lot a lot more, right? right. I, typically, I mean, for, for something that is kind of a, a collector or, or something of interest, right? Yeah, it's like a 68 Mustang versus a 2012 Mustang. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think I know which, which one I would want. <laughs> right. So by that rationale, does an annuity purchased in 1976, uh, is that more valuable than one purchased last year? If you purchased an annuity in 76 and you turn it into an income stream and you're still alive, it's probably a pretty good purchase. All right. Well, see, that my theory holds up. My, my theory absolutely holds up. Uh, so basically the, the annuities, but you're, you're saying that has to do more with the, if it's still around, it must be a quality annuity, right? Well, that too, but the fact that the whole, the purpose of doing that most likely would have been to turn it into a lifetime income stream. Mm -hmm. So if you started that in 76 and you're still kicking, um, then yeah, that thing's produced pretty dang good. How old would that make you? Math. Uh, math make you 43. Math. Well, no, 43 yeah. plus however old, however you, old you, when you turn it on. Yeah, so. so if you turn it on at, at 60, then mm-hmm. it make you so you know, 103. 103 years old, yeah. Yeah, I can do that math. And actually, that math sounds, sounds just great to me. <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll all be around uh, when we're 103. Not me, man. And we, well, with the exception of Jess, but you'll be around, right? 103, right, Jaden? Yeah, just got to keep taking these supplements and stay healthy. Yeah, that's right. Just uh, working out, and you're vegan too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen this dude eat a 16 ounce ribeye in four bites, man. <laughs> I'm not even slightly exaggerating. <clears throat> I'll look over and say, I want to get a bite of that, and then I, I blink and it's gone. Yeah, well, you He's snooze, a big you dude, lose. Man. He's a big dude, man. <laughs> and for those of you out there, you don't want to snooze on your retirement plan. Get in touch with us and come to one of our events. Go to noblecapitalradio.com and RSVP and come talk with us about it. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Talk 1370, the right choice. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we're back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking about 
different forms of predictable retirement income. So I want to just put a real fine point on it and uh, kind of recap some of the things that we've talked about. Now, obviously, last episode and at the beginning of this episode, we talked about some potential legislative changes that might require that you shift your strategy a little bit with your retirement plan if you already have one, right? Potentially. And if you don't already have one, well, obviously you, you need to come talk to us because we can, we can put something together, right, Jess? That's right. Come on down. Having regular income, whether it's monthly or whatever, is only one piece of a, an overall retirement plan, right? Sure. So how do you kind of put the pieces together just real briefly? Obviously, again, it's going to depend on everybody and their specific situation. But do you typically use predictable income for a large portion of the income plan? Or how do you determine how much is appropriate? Based on the client's needs. You know, I think uh, to me, the best situation would be to have 100% of my income guaranteed, right? I mean, who would not want that? Yeah. Um, that's not always uh, applicable in every situation or appropriate. Why not? So, because you can tie too much of your portfolio up into one asset class that may not be suitable for you for various other means. Um, one of okay. the things that I like about the way insurance products are regulated is they're, they're really looking out for the consumer, not for the insurance companies or for me. So we have suitability regulations that ensure that whatever we recommend to a client is going to be suitable for them. Um, so there are numerous ways to generate guaranteed income. And if we put it all into one basket, then that's not typically suitable for a client, depending on the side of their portfolio. They come in with $10 million. We spend a million and a half of it to go all guaranteed. No problem. But if we use, you know, 80% of their portfolio in a one asset class, there's not much diversification there. And there can be some other issues with that. Okay. Yeah. Another, another dovetailing that is liquidity. You know, they start to get worried about how much you're tying up in, in that one asset class. Right. Um, in case something comes up and you have an emergency and you need your money. But, you know, ultimately that's, the the usually those those rules they're generally good for the masses but the way that we practice you know that's it's never an issue it's for never us. an it's issue like we don't, we don't get anywhere near the limits of suitability regulation we're going above and beyond to make sure the client's going to be in in great shape um mm -hmm. but we still stay compliant um all the time you know that's very important so so yeah i mean that's that that's one of the reasons you you'd see more diversification um across different asset classes which th that's what's nice about you know Jess's toolbox it's deep and wide um he's able to pull out many uh tools and strategies to to develop a a well planned diversified income plan and that's yeah. that's exactly what the doctor ordered that's what our clients want we always we always start with the guaranteed predictable stuff first and build up to the level that the client is comfortable and when we do a phased plan like all my plans are um, the further we get along the life cycle, the more we want our income, the, the greater percentage of our income we want to be predictable or guaranteed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to have to have a surprise and go back to work, I want to do it at 68, not at 88. Yeah. And you got, you know, you got to look at this as more of a, it's, it's a multi-dimensional battlefront that's happening here. I mean, you're, you're winning the retirement war when, when you're putting a plan together with Jess. I mean, you've got reinforcements that are planned to go in at a specific time. 
and you've, you're going to flank them over here on this side and the, the air support's coming in. It's not just this one-dimensional plan. I've got this big pile of money and I'm going to invest it and just spend it and that's my retirement plan. Yeah. I mean, that that's not how you win the war and it's definitely not how you win it um, you know, in a, in a wise um, in, in a smart fashion where you're you're making your dollars go as far as possible and setting mm-hmm. up future generations um, and yeah. leaving that legacy w- whether it's future generations or it's you want to give that money to charity or you know you want to see that money go f- go further and work further um, you, you've got to have a multi-dimensional plan that's layered and that's got several different battlefronts that are well thought out and that that's the beauty of seeing your money laid out. In, in the type of income plan that we're describing when we talk about retirement income planning. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me, hearing you talk, it kind of reminds me of like a game of chess because you've got all these different pieces that are used for different things and you're thinking, you know, four, five, six moves ahead. You're not, you know, you're not just focused on one thing. It's a very good analogy. It is a good analogy. It's it ironic. Is. Thank I'm, you. Yeah, Thank good. you very much. I'm considered to be really good at what I do here, and I, I'm not good at chess at all. I never have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, chess, chess is complicated. Well, you may not be good at chess, but Jess, I know that you are good at putting your money where your mouth is. Folks, this is where each week, my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to, well, amuse myself by telling them how they have to deliver it. Every episode, I seal the guidelines for the game in the envelope and open it on air so they never know what to expect. And we've been talking about regular income, predictable income. If I stump you this week, you have to provide a regular and predictable, steady stream of breakfast tacos to my face every Sunday morning for the next year. Okay, let's let her rip. Okay, guys, I picked a kind of difficult one for you uh, this week, so please don't fire me or kick me off the show. This week, I want you to sum up today's show in any number of words, but it has to create an acronym. I'm glad your your definition of acronym is probably a little bit more loose than uh, than mine would have been. <laughs> wow, Sean! Wow, that's an evil laugh there. He's putting us on the spot. Let's see yeah, what we can do. Just... On purpose. We'll yeah. get him back. Take that, guys! All right, here we go. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that is all the time I'm giving you to come up with today's challenge. What do you got for me? Better make it good. All right, so mine is pibbed. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what was that? All right, let's hear it, Jess. What does it stand for? Predictable income is better than tacos. Huh. Wow. You must have read my mind somehow there. Uh, Although I did talk about tacos on a previous episode, but 
The tacos are pretty awesome. Though. But That's with true. predictable income, you could buy tacos. True. 30 seconds left, Jaden. What do you got, man? It's hubba dubba Oh. No, no, I'm just I'm making fun of Jess. Um, what? God bless you, sir. Um, okay, here it is. Mine is get a grip. G-R-I-P. Okay. Guaranteed retirement income plan. Ooh. I like it. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty I'll, straight up. I'll concede. That's tough. That's <laughs> tough. Well, he definitely whooped me on that one. I know this is going to bum you out, but that's the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. I'm Sean. Hey. And remember, you got him. Life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers and not those of Noble Capital or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest and offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal, tax, or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives financial situation or needs and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Noble Capital, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all investments involve inherent risk of total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Noble Capital. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Noble Capital. Ooh, that's too long.